Hey everyone, and welcome back to Big Mad True Crime, where we get big mad over true crime. I'm your host, Heather Ashley, and today's case is out of Kansas City, Kansas. Small talk sucks, so let's dive in. Today's case is without a doubt one of the most stomach-turning, soul-crushing, heinous cases that I've ever covered. It involves child abuse to a degree that I could not have ever imagined was possible. If you want to stop listening now, I do not blame you for a second. If you want to continue, I don't recommend Googling. We'll be discussing evidence found, which includes photos and videos, but I won't be sharing any of them to Adrian's highlight. With that, here we go. On the day before Thanksgiving in 2015, Fox 4 reports that police got a 911 call for an armed disturbance at a rundown house at the end of a gravel road in Kansas City, Kansas. This property is the kind of place where nothing can be seen and nothing can be heard. You don't know about it unless you're there. When police got on scene, they found Heather Jones, who told police that her husband, Michael Jones, had fired a gun at her, grazed her, and threatened to kill her after she tried ending things and telling him that she needed to leave with the kids. Six kids, all girls. But there used to be a little boy there, too. While the police were there, Heather told them to go out to the livestock pen and look for the bones of her seven-year-old stepson, Adrian. He had been missing for almost two months, and no one had said a thing. But who would have noticed? The entire Jones family was secluded to that little plot of land. Their neighbor knew of them, but not much about them. According to the New York Post, they'd cut the Joneses' lawn once, but that was about the extent of it. They told the outlet that they'd never seen any of the kids leave the house for school. And that's because they were homeschooled. At least that's how it appeared on paper. The kids were registered under the Jones Academy. With Heather telling police that they should be looking for the remains of a child in a livestock pen on the property, The police took the proper precaution and pulled out a warrant to search. They came back the next day on Thanksgiving Day of 2015, and the remains of seven-year-old Adrian Jones were found, at least what was left of him. Adrian's body had been fed to pigs. And while that in and of itself is enough to crush your soul into the center of the earth, it's everything that led up to it that makes this case more heinous than I could ever put into words. Following the discovery of Adrian's remains, every single child still living in that home was removed, and Heather's husband Michael, Adrian's father, was charged with aggravated battery, aggravated assault with a firearm, and child abuse, while they further investigated Adrian's death and waited for his autopsy results. The New York Post quoted the DA as saying that the terms used in Michael's child abuse charge included torturing and cruelly beating, and said that they were just the tip of the iceberg. He said that the investigators were saying that the crime scene was the worst thing they had ever seen and that he expects more charges to be filed and possibly against additional people. With that in mind, Michael's child abuse charge spanned the dates between May 1st and September 28th, which is almost five months. According to the Daily Mail, investigators believe that Adrian died sometime between September 18th and October 14th and that his body had been kept inside the house for two weeks before Michael went out and purchased six feeder pigs. 
CBS News reports that the judge on Adrian's case gave Michael the highest bond he had ever set in his entire 34 years with the DA's office at $10 million. With Michael behind bars, the Daily Mail reports that authorities were still trying to locate Adrian's birth mother. Adrian had been one of four children between Michael and his birth mother. According to the outlet, several complaints had been made about Adrian's mother, one accusing her of taking drugs while pregnant, though the baby tested negative. Another came in about neglect but wound up being unsubstantiated. But when a toddler was found home alone with no supervision, the Washington Post reports that the four children were removed from the home. After being removed, KCTV5 reports that the oldest went to live with a family member and Adrian and the remaining two children went to live with Michael and his wife, Heather. According to Fox 4, both Heather and Michael had previous complaints against them regarding child welfare. Michael and Heather went on to have four additional children of their own, every single one of them girls, except for Adrian. For a week or so after Michael's arrest, things were pretty silent. News had hit hard that a child had been fed to pigs, but then there was really nothing until the Daily Mail spoke to Heather's estranged father. They'd had a falling out and he hadn't seen Adrian in two years. He hadn't even talked to his own daughter in six months. But on Thanksgiving Day, the day Adrian's body was found, Heather called her father to tell him that Michael had killed the boy, and fed him to the pigs, and that it would be all over the news. He said that she told him this like it was some normal conversation, and it seemed so odd that he questioned whether or not it was even true until he did in fact see the news. After Heather's father spoke to the media, everyone else seemed to follow. Her brother told NBC News, There are bullet holes in the walls of that house, so I'm sure you can understand what terror might have been going through that household daily. Adding that Heather and Michael had been together for nine years and that he'd heard stories of both mental and physical abuse. A former babysitter told the Daily Mail that multiple people had contacted DCF with concerns about the children's living situation. And frankly, that's putting it lightly, but we'll get to that. KCTV5 reports that according to a family member, Adrian was kept locked in a basement. On December 4th, 2015, Heather Jones herself decided to speak publicly for the first time. She told Fox 4 that Michael, without a doubt, killed his son. That she was out of town when it happened, but that Adrian had died in his sleep from injuries sustained from being beaten. Since she claimed she was out of town when Adrian died, she said that she was able to watch home surveillance video of it happening. According to KMBC, Adrian's maternal mother said that there were more than 30 cameras throughout the property. The Daily Mail got more specific, saying that there were cameras in every room of that house with additional cameras set up outside. In a video interview with Fox 4, Heather told the outlet that Michael knocked out two of her front teeth when she tried to stop him from hurting Adrian and said that she wished she'd done more to stop the abuse, but that she was too afraid of Michael. Throughout the interview, Heather made a lot of crying faces and noises, but it didn't look like a single tear actually fell. 
And it should come as no surprise that a week later, Heather was arrested and in time, both Michael and Heather were charged with the first-degree murder of seven-year-old Adrian Jones. Michael and Heather had officially been charged, but the investigation into Adrian's death was just beginning. Fox 4 had been doing an incredible job covering Adrian's case, and on December 14th, Jennifer, the woman who owned the home Adrian's father was renting, agreed to let them see inside, and it was an abomination. Fox 4 interviewed Jennifer from inside the house, and you could see dead rats on the floor, junk piled up everywhere, rotting food, bags and bags of syringes, pornographic videos just lying around, food wrappers, dirty clothes, and strings aimlessly tacked to the walls throughout the home. Jennifer told Fox 4 that black mold was found growing all over the house and that the bathrooms had been ripped apart. The bathrooms being ripped apart will be important later. When I watched this interview, it looked like something you'd see on Hoarders, but with less organization and more filth. I don't know how anyone slept in that house because even the beds were piled with shit. At one point during the interview, they panned across a cat in the house, and my immediate thought was that I couldn't believe a cat had to live in that filth. A cat. That home wasn't suitable for a cat, let alone seven children. The picture frames of Heather and Michael looking happy and in love just seemed offensive, and frankly, the Michael and Heather pictured in their mugshots are a shadow of the people who are photographed in those frames. For six months, there really weren't any updates in Adrian's case, but it's not because the police or the DA's office weren't doing their jobs. If there is anything I can say with confidence when it comes to Adrian's case is that the DA and the law enforcement officers investigating his death stopped at nothing to bring his killers to justice. In July of 2016, the Daily Mail reported that there were not only photos, but videos that had documented eight months of abuse against Adrian. They'd been found by Jennifer, Heather and Michael's landlord, when Heather gave Jennifer the login information for her computer, asking for pictures of the kids. When Jennifer logged in, Heather's iCloud account popped up, and the Washington Post reports that she found a horrifying stream of photos and videos labeled The Boy. The Daily Mail posted some of the photos and videos, and I don't recommend viewing them. For the purpose of this episode, I did, and I wish I could unsee them. I know when it comes to true crime or even telling someone not to Google something, our first reaction is to Google it. But as a legitimate warning, I do not recommend it. Hearing about something and seeing it are very different things. That being said, the following video and photographic evidence was found and reported on by the Daily Mail, KMBC, Fox 4, and the Washington Post. The photos include Adrian being forced to stand in green pool water up to his neck. And based on the color of the leaves in the pool, it was likely fall, which would have made the water temperature in that pool unbearable. There was another photo of Adrian strapped to an inversion table with his feet locked in and what looks like bandages wrapped around the table and his eyes and forehead, making it nearly impossible for him to move. 
To add to that, Jennifer found a message that Heather had sent to someone that said, just strap the boy to my inversion table with handcuffs and ace bandages and put him downstairs. The hubby wants some ass and I ain't had none in over a week. Love y'all, nighty night. She also found ads that Heather had saved for straight jackets and blanket wraps for transporting human bodies. There were also photos of Adrian's ankles that were swollen two to three times their normal size due to the amount of time his feet were strapped into that inversion table, and there were also photos of his elbow, which were just as swollen. There was another photo of Adrian standing in a shower stall with a gash near his eye that was bleeding down his face, and it clearly needed stitches. Adrian's lips were swollen and his little body was so emaciated that his collarbone, ribs, and sternum were visible through his skin. Adrian spent the last eight months of his life in that shower stall with no blankets and no pillow. The Kansas City Star reported that he was allowed out for a brief period every day before being returned back. Jennifer, the homeowner, mentioned earlier that the bathrooms had been torn apart, and she was right. Adrian had been strapped to a chair in the shower stall, which the Kansas City Star reports had been boarded up with plywood so he couldn't escape. In one of the photos from the Daily Mail, you can see cuts and bruises on Adrian's mouth after he attempted to chew through it. The couple also rigged a security camera to monitor every minute that Adrian was in that stall, and Jennifer had even taken mirror selfies in front of it. According to CBS News, he was confined after he stole food. Seven-year-old Adrian Jones became a prisoner because he was hungry. To insult his hunger, the Washington Post reported on a photo where Adrian was tied to a chair in front of a plate of food with a bar of soap in his mouth. In another photo, you can see just how much weight Adrian had lost. The photo was taken after Heather says that Michael wanted him to stand up straight, so he strapped cutting boards to his chest and back and something to his arms so that he couldn't bend. In the photo, his underwear looked soiled and was barely clinging to his body. In a video obtained by the Daily Mail, Adrian can be seen standing outside by the pool with his hands handcuffed behind his back and his feet shackled. You can see this sweet little boy as he shuffles back and forth. At one point in the video, he gets down on his knees and picks up something with his mouth. But when he stands up, it drops. <laughs> it was applesauce. On a cold January evening, the only food Adrian had available to him was a cup of applesauce on the ground, and he had to eat it without the use of his hands. The most heartbreaking moment of this video was when Adrian got down on his knees a second time, picked up the cup of applesauce with his teeth, and then tilted his head back to try and eat it. He never yelled. He never cried. He just wanted to eat applesauce. Sorry, everyone. This case broke me, so it's going to sound a little bit different than most. While Jennifer was going through all of these photos and videos, she noticed that there was another adult in them, Adrian's great uncle, who she says witnessed the abuse. According to Fox 4, Heather told Jennifer that Adrian's great uncle had helped keep him locked up and even helped dispose of his body. I've looked as hard as I can, and to this day, I haven't seen a single report of his great uncle ever being charged with anything in relation to Adrian's death. When the Daily Mail tracked him down to talk to him, he said, can't you see I'm grieving? 
He asked to be left alone, saying, I ain't saying nothing to nobody. Jennifer told Fox 4 that she doesn't understand how he's getting away scot-free after she says that he witnessed Adrian's abuse for months. Seeing these photos and videos and hearing about them is a word that I haven't figured out yet. It's an evil that we can only learn about secondhand, but it was Adrian's reality, a reality that his father and stepmother, for whatever reason, felt needed to be thoroughly documented. And it's not like they were extremely secretive about it either. Sure, they pulled the kids out of school so no one would see them on a daily basis and the kids had no one to turn to, but Heather was pretty open about her issues with Adrian in a Facebook group. I don't know the name of the group, and I'm glad that I don't, but according to FWCH, Heather posted to it calling Adrian a psychopath and about the fact that he'd been in the shower stall for months. She also posted that she had no problem having Adrian look at the flowers, referencing an episode of The Walking Dead where a woman told a little girl to look at the flowers before shooting and killing her. Three days after that post, the Washington Post reports that Heather referenced feeding a body to pigs. In 2016, Heather pled guilty to first-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 25 years. According to the Kansas City Star, she stated that eventually Adrian lost his spirit, that when Michael would beat him, he wouldn't yell, he wouldn't scream, he wouldn't cry. She says that Michael told her that Adrian didn't feel pain. And without a doubt, Adrian felt pain every single day. His lost spirit was his lost hope that it would ever end, and it never did. According to an affidavit obtained by the Associated Press, Adrian's last days were spent in that shower stall where he essentially starved to death. One of the other children in the home said that she heard Adrian screaming, I'm going to die through a vent. They also heard Heather telling him to suck it up. A year after Heather pled guilty, so did Michael. At his sentencing, the Daily Mail reports that one of the detectives on the case testified, saying, There is nothing that could have prepared us for this. The abuse and torture was only compounded by the fact that Mike and Heather had systematically documented it. Nothing affected me more than when Mike told me that Heather would tase Adrian for 15 to 20 seconds at a time. After that statement, the detective said absolutely nothing for 20 seconds to emphasize just how long that is. So that's what we're going to do now. According to the Washington Post, the detective went on to say, imagine the screams of a seven-year-old boy. 20 seconds is a very long time when you're in agony. The detective went on to ask the court if they knew the names Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, and Jeffrey Dahmer, which of course everyone did. But then the detective asked if they remembered the names of any of their victims, and each one of them said no. At the end of the detective's statement, he said, I hope that in 25 years, when Michael Jones is eligible for parole, people remember Adrian Jones. He was seven years old. He was tortured, shackled, and beaten to death. 
And when his killers could no longer stand the stench of his body, he was fed to pigs. In the end, Michael was sentenced to life in prison, but just like Heather, has the possibility of parole after 25 years. Following Adrian's death, the former deputy director with Kansas City DCF actually left the department because of his case and started working with Fox 4 to go through every single instance where Adrian and his siblings were failed. She told the outlet, every year of his life, he had events. Every year of his life, DCF failed him. He was my responsibility. I left because I knew children were being hurt under our jurisdiction, subject to repeat maltreatment, and I didn't feel like I could do anything to change it from the inside. As early as 2011, the former deputy director told Fox 4 that Adrian's sister, who was two years old at the time, was rushed to the hospital after having seizures, a brain bleed, and internal bleeding. According to the outlet, social workers learned that Adrian was also being abused. He had a black eye, a cut on his lip, and bruising to his face and back. The former deputy director said that the report didn't contain any findings, which she says means it was never investigated. Following that incident, it looks like a safety plan was put into place, which included Heather not being allowed around the kids. According to Fox 4, a report came in just one year later saying that the plan was being violated because Heather was back home and the kids were being spanked until they bled. The former deputy director said that it was noted, but never properly investigated. Reports were made against Michael and Heather on a regular basis. Fox 4 reported that 28 cases had been opened. According to the Washington Post, there were complaints that Heather would beat the living daylights out of the kids, that Heather was seen high on drugs, and that she was allegedly selling meth out of the house. Reports also came in that Michael had guns lying around. In 2013, the Kansas City Star reports that Adrian told a police officer and a caseworker that his father had kicked him so hard in the back of the head that a little bone came out and said, my daddy keeps hitting me in the head and punches me in the stomach and my mom keeps pulling on my ears and it really hurts. He also told them that his mommy and daddy lock him in his room by himself and that mommy and daddy can't feed him. According to the outlet, the officer and the caseworker recommended that Adrian be removed from the home, but that request was denied. In 2014, KMBC reports that Michael called Adrian's maternal grandmother and told her that Adrian was being put into a psychiatric hospital because he had turned into a pedophile and had sexual predator tendencies. He was six. When his grandmother said she wanted to visit Adrian in the hospital, Michael told her it wasn't allowed. According to the Washington Post, Adrian did receive treatment that year, but it was at a residential treatment facility where he was diagnosed with PTSD. The Daily Mail reported that Adrian's maternal grandmother wound up seeing a report from what she calls the hospital, and according to her, it noted that Adrian was a lively and curious boy, but when his father and stepmother would visit, he would become quiet and sullen. 
According to the Washington Post, Adrian was released from the treatment center under the condition that Michael and Heather follow an aftercare plan. That plan consisted of being enrolled in school and therapy. According to a wrongful death suit that Adrian's biological mother, maternal grandmother, and older sister filed, the center never followed up with Adrian. The wrongful death suit states, despite all the warning signs, the hotline calls, and the evidence of the child's mistreatment, they effectively allowed his father and stepmother to continue to abuse, torture, and ultimately murder the boy while they stood idly by, writing it all down, saying that the state's intervention was limited to having Adrian's father and stepmother sign a piece of paper agreeing to stop abusing Adrian something they refer to as the legal equivalent of a pinky swear. The Washington Post quotes the lawsuit as stating, As it turned out, that signed paper might as well have been Adrian's death warrant. Based on the timestamps and the photos and videos of Adrian's abuse, Adrian's maternal grandmother told KMBC that they must have been taken just months after she was told he was being placed in a psychiatric facility. Adrian's family cannot undo the damage that's been done. According to the Daily Mail, his grandmother had to undergo therapy after viewing the photos and videos of his abuse, and two of his sisters are currently in foster care and also receiving intense therapy. Adrian's older sister wrote a letter to her brother online, which the Daily Mail was able to get a copy of. A piece of it read, You were worth more than that dark basement and those cruel words. You were worth more than those bruises and hateful eyes. You were worth more. She went on to study child psychology. It took years, but in May of 2021, something finally changed. Adrian's law was passed in Kansas, which Fox 4 states will require law enforcement in Kansas's child welfare department to visually observe a child when they're investigating allegations of abuse or neglect. It also placed a joint legislative committee of 13 people to oversee the Kansas child welfare system. Imagine if someone had just physically gone to that hellhole of a house, seen that plywood shower prison, looked at Adrian's swollen ankles and elbows, seen the gash on his face and his emaciated little body. Certainly, someone would have saved him. But this law begs the question, why isn't that already a thing? How in the earth's fucking crust is anyone allowed to close out an abuse allegation without physically laying eyes on the alleged victim? What do you just infer through conversation, telepathy, and good faith that someone isn't in immediate danger? Because Adrian was in immediate danger over and over and over. Covering cases like this is never easy. It's not easy to research, it's not easy to tell, and I know that it's not easy to listen to, but something has to change, and nothing can change if no one knows what's going on. As the detective stated earlier, I hope that in 25 years, when Michael Jones is eligible for parole, people remember Adrian Jones. For photos pertaining to this case, check out Adrian's highlight at the top of my Instagram profile at the Heather Ashley, and join me there tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, where you go live with me and we talk about today's episode and all other true crime cases on your mind. As a note, for the reasons mentioned earlier in this episode, there will be very few photos in Adrian's highlight. If you like your podcast ad-free, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash bigmadtruecrime, where for just one whole dollar a month, your episodes are totally ad-free. 
If you need more episodes in your life, for just $5 a month, you get a bonus episode on the first Monday of every month. All your episodes are ad-free, and you'll also receive a forever discount code for all Big Mad True Crime merch. And of course, anytime you sign up, you get instant access to all previous bonus episodes. I'll be bringing you a brand new case a week from today, and I cannot wait. But until then, we out. 